All right, well, there's a movement exploding around the world, and I want you to be a part of it, okay? Now, what's a movement? A movement is when a group of people are united by something that they care about, and they're trying to bring change. And a movement, it's something that's growing as more and more people are joining. Now, the movement I'm talking about, it's bigger than Coney 2012. Who remembers that? A hundred million people got pumped up, and then it fizzled completely and went nowhere. Okay? The movement I'm talking about will matter more than Gangnam Style. Does anyone remember this? 1.3 billion people watched it, and then it got very old very quickly. Do you remember that? Ultimately, it meant nothing. Now, the movement I'm talking about, the movement I'm talking about means something. It matters. The movement I'm talking about is Jesus' movement, and tonight I want you to be a part of it. Jesus is calling you to be a part of it because that's where you'll find real life. Now and forever, beyond death. But you know, not everyone who claims Jesus is part of his movement, okay? Have you noticed that a lot of people claim Jesus? Here's a photo of Ashton Kutcher. He's wearing one of those Jesus is my homeboy t-shirts. Ashton, really? Okay. Um, Bear Grylls, anyone know who this guy is? Man vs. Wild climbs inside camels in the desert to save his life. Photos of him are on buses that said this, my Christian life is the, oh, my, my Christian faith is the backbone of my life. Chuck Norris, did anyone know that he claims to be a Christian? Justin Bieber, here's a quote, according to Bieber, he's the reason I'm here. What about Miley Cyrus, my faith is what keeps me grounded. (laughs) Today, a few billion people on earth, guys, a few billion people on earth claim Jesus, but not everyone who claims him is really legit. You have to wonder when even Adolf Hitler claims to be a Christian. He says, My feeling as a Christian points me to my Lord and Savior as a fighter. Now, there is no way that Hitler is a Christian. Not everyone that claims to follow Jesus is legit. And I'm not trying to play a game here of pick the real Christian. That's not the point. My point is simply this. Not everyone is really part of his movement which is why I'm talking to you tonight. See, tonight we're going to find out what it means to be part of his movement. And Jesus is going to call you to join it. Now, you might not be sure if you're legit. You might like Jesus. You might even claim to be a Christian. Your family might be Christian. You might go to a Christian school. Maybe you even got baptized. The Bible says none of those things make someone a Christian. Tonight we're going to see what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. Is it worth it? How do you know if you're really part of his movement and how do you join? That's what we're going to see tonight from God's word in the book of Luke. And we're going to see three things. We're going to recognize who Jesus is, Jesus the man. We're going to understand Jesus the mission, what he did for you. And then we're going to find out how to join Jesus' movement. Ready for this? It starts with understanding Jesus the man. See, I don't know, what do you think of when you think of Jesus? Do you think of best friend Jesus? Is that who you picture? Do you think about self-help Jesus? Or fish finger Jesus? Or the Jesus who cuddles cute little goats? Or fun Nazi Jesus who's out to stop you having a good time? What about a good guy? What about a prophet? What about a good teacher? 
if that's all you think Jesus is, you'll think he's someone you can safely ignore. But you'd be making a mistake. He's more than all those things. He's the man you can't afford to ignore. See, who is Jesus? Jesus is the king that God sent. That's the question this part of God's word is talking about. So verse 18, you can see it up on the screen or in your Bibles. Jesus says, who do the crowds say I am? Crowds of people are following Jesus. Same as today, lots of people claim him. But do they realize who he is? Well, look at verse 19. Jesus says, uh, the, the disciples say, the crowds, they've got lots of different answers. And it's the same today, isn't it? Lots of different theories. But what about the people who knew Jesus best? Who saw him up close? What do they think? Well, that's Jesus' challenge in verse 20. What about you? Who do you say I am? See, it's not really about how other people respond to Jesus. Your family, your friends, none of that counts. Ultimately, it's about you and him tonight and in your life. Have you recognized who he really is? Peter does. See, look at verse 20 on the screen. Peter answered, the Christ. Now, what's going on there? Is Christ like Jesus' last name? Uh, lots of people think that. It's not. It's a title. It means Messiah, the chosen one. Now, who's seen Harry Potter? I, growing up, I loved that movie. I had a crush on Hermione. I think a lot of people did. But in the movie, why did people get so worked up about this guy, Harry? It was because he was... It's because he was the chosen one. There was prophecies about this chosen one who would come and defeat Voldemort once and for all. And they were all waiting, waiting for the chosen one. Well, that's what the word Christ means. Messiah, the chosen one. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this, but this world is messed up, yeah? For hundreds and hundreds of years, God's people were saying to God, do something about this. And God promised, I will. I'll send my chosen one. Now God made promises about this chosen one, heaps of them. He promised this chosen one would come as king. The king to conquer evil. The king to rescue his people. And for hundreds and hundreds of years, God's people waited in this messed up world for the chosen one. And then... Jesus arrives and says, I'm here. And then he backs it up by fulfilling ancient prophecies and by doing miracles that have no other explanation. And ultimately he backs it up by dying and then rising from the dead. Proof that he's no ordinary man. It's a historical event. If you want more evidence, come in two weeks. 5.30 in that room, in the seminar room, we'll be having a talk about the evidence. There's heaps of it. You can't escape it. Jesus is the Christ, the chosen one, the king that God promised. Far more powerful than any earthly king or president or army. There's a movie out at the moment called Lincoln. And in it, Abraham Lincoln says this, I am the president of the United States, clothed with immense power. It's an epic moment in the movie. But his power is a pale shadow compared to Jesus' power. 
Jesus is the king of every king. He's the ruler of every president and every army on earth. He's the ruler over every person, over everything. He's the one with absolute authority to rule every detail of this world, every atom, every molecule, and to command every detail of your life. Why? Because he's the king that God sent. You know, three teenagers, where are we? Three teenagers are on a bus late at night. Now looking for trouble. There's only one other person on the bus, this guy up the back, and he's a pretty fat guy. And they start to hurl insults at him. But he doesn't, he doesn't respond. He just sits there. And so they get more bold. They throw harsher insults at him. They start throwing things at him. And then the bus stops. And this guy stands up. And as he walks past, He's much bigger than they realize. He kind of has to stoop to stay in the bus. And as he walks past, he stops, turns to the guy. They're so scared they can hardly breathe. He puts his hand into his pocket and he pulls out a business card, gives it to them and gets off the bus. And they look down and it says this, Joe Frazier, heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Now I reckon it could have gone a lot worse for those guys, yeah? It is dangerous to be in the presence of greatness and not realize it. Jesus is not your homeboy. He's the king that God sent. There's one reason you might want to join his movement. Because it's way better to be on his team than to be against him. And that's why you've got to start here. If you want to understand what it means to be in his movement, if you want to claim Jesus, because you can't just treat Jesus any way you want to. If you treat him wrong, it's not just a 2,000-year-old nice guy you're treating wrong. It's the king that God sent. That's who Jesus is. Getting that right, that's the first step. But unless you understand Jesus' mission, you'll get it all wrong. That's step two. See, the Jewish people had this totally wrong. They were waiting for a king, but they were expecting a king who would come like Batman, who would come and defeat all their enemies, who'd rescue them from the Romans and make them a big kingdom on earth. Which is why Jesus didn't publicly announce who he was just yet. He didn't want to start a revolution. The Jews had his mission all wrong. But we get this wrong so easily as well, because we think if Jesus is the king... He must be the guy I have to obey if I want to get to heaven. Now, if you think that, you've misunderstood Jesus' mission. If you think you need to do good stuff to go to heaven, you don't understand Jesus' mission. So what was it? Jesus came, not like Batman to conquer, but to suffer and save. Now, you can see that in verse 22. There we go. Uh, You can see in verse 22, he tells them what his mission is. The Son of Man, that's Jesus, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teacher of the law, and he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. He didn't come like Batman. He came to suffer. Now I'm guessing that lots of you guys already know that Jesus suffered, but did you know that it was not an accident? It was the whole reason he came. Do you see there? It's underlined. Jesus said he must suffer. He needed to suffer and die. Why was that? I'll, I'll tell you a story about a guy named Frank. Now, Frank is on trial in court for a life sentence. 
He's guilty. There's no doubt about that. Everyone saw it happen. There's plenty of evidence. He's confessed. There was no point hiding it. Now, here's the thing. The judge is Frank's dad. He loves his son. He's got no choice, though. If he lets that punishment go unpaid, he'll be a bad judge. So, with eyes full of tears, he bangs the gavel on the desk. Guilty. Life in prison. But then he stands up and walks out of his box. And he takes his wig off and puts it down. And he says, The punishment must be paid, but I will pay it. Lock me up instead. My son can go free. And it didn't make sense to lock two people up. So they let him go. That's what Jesus has done for you. We're frank in that story. We've broken God's law. You have, I have, every single person in this room has. Can't deny it. We're guilty before God. And there's a punishment for breaking his law that needs to be paid. But Jesus the judge stepped off the throne into this world. And he said, I'll pay the punishment. I'll save you from hell. That's why Jesus said he must suffer many things. That was his mission. Jesus came to suffer and save. It blows my mind that he would do that for me. That's how much he loves you and he loves me. Now, do you know what that means? If Jesus paid your punishment, you don't have to pay it anymore. You can go to heaven. God says to you right now, no matter who you are, you can go to heaven. I'm willing to forgive you, says God. No matter what you've done, I'll forgive it. I'm ready for you to come home to me. If you receive this message tonight, your punishment will be paid. You'll be forgiven for all your sins and you'll go to heaven. Jesus is offering you a free ticket to heaven. Don't you want that? Then you need to join Jesus' movement. There's no other way. You can't get there on your own. And we saw not everyone who claims to be part of Jesus' movement is legit. So the question is, how do you join? How do you get this? How do you know if you're really part of it? The answer is, you need to decide to make Jesus your king and your savior. And it's a decision you've got to make. So imagine someone says to you, I hope one day... I wake up married. You know, like you're expecting one day you'll wake up and bam, there's your wife next to you. Like, whoa. That's not how it works. You have to make a decision to get married. You have to decide. Jesus' movement's no different to that. It's not something that just happens to you. It's not that one day you wake up a Christian. It's a decision you make. And you need to make that decision for yourself doesn't matter what your parents are. doesn't matter what your school is. doesn't matter what your friends are. It's between you and God. And joining Jesus' movement is simple. It's giving him the right place in your life. See, we've seen tonight who Jesus is. He's the king that God sent, and he's the savior that came to suffer and save. So joining Jesus' movement means putting him in the place of king and savior in your life.
Is Jesus your king and saviour? Now, if I was you, I'd be wondering, well, how do I know? What does that look like? If he's not, what will it cost me to do that? I'll tell you, the answer is, it costs you nothing and it costs you everything. And you're like, what? He just contradicted himself. I'll explain. It costs you nothing. See, Jesus' movement is not about doing lots of stuff to earn your way to heaven. You don't have to. Jesus has already done everything. He's the Savior. He's done all the work. You know, if someone bought your brand new Ferrari 58 Italia, apparently that's a nice car. If someone bought you a Ferrari 458 Italia and they had the keys and they handed them to you and said, it's a gift, it's yours, you would be an idiot to try to earn that. Number one, you don't have to. Number two, there's no way you possibly could. But you do have to take it. You do have to accept it. Now, Jesus is offering something way better than a Ferrari. Heaven forever with him. All your sins forgiven. He's paid for it. All you have to do is take it. So how do you take it? Well, here's the answer. You trust Jesus as your savior. You say, thank you, Jesus. I want you to be my savior. I believe that you died for me. I believe you took my punishment. And I trust that you'll save me. That's it. That's all you do. Now just let that sink in. You do nothing. You pay nothing. You just trust. You just accept. So it costs you nothing. But I also said it costs you everything. Why? Because following Jesus means giving up your life to Jesus. It means giving up control of your life. Look at verse 23 on the slide there. This is Jesus speaking. Then he said, whoever wants to be my disciple, means follower, someone who's part of his movement, must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. And I want you to be asking, have I done that? Here's what he's saying there. He's saying, you think your life belongs to you, but that's wrong. We've seen tonight, your life belongs to Jesus. He's the king. And so to become part of Jesus' movement, you need to give your life back to him. Let him be in control over everything. So here's what Jesus says. Number one, deny yourself. That means say no to yourself. You're not living for what I want to do. Number two, take up your cross. Now what's that about? The cross is what Jesus died on. He's saying there you have to die. It's a bit weird. But then he says, you have to die daily. How can you die daily? Well, today I was at Aaron Affair and I heard this song. I'm not going to sing it, but it goes, R.I.P. to the girl you used to see. Her days are over. You know the song? I decided to give you all of me. You know the song? Listen to it. R.I.P. to the girl you used to see. Her days are over. That's what it's saying. Take up your cross daily means every day you say, R.I.P. to the, the guy or the girl that I used to be. The me that lived for myself, they're dead. The new me is living for Jesus. And so number three, you follow him. That means you listen to him and you obey him. Does that make sense? 
I'll give you a picture of it, okay? You've been wondering why I've got me written on my shirt. Here's a picture of it. When you came here tonight, your life belonged to you, you thought. And this, joining Jesus' movement, is saying to Jesus, it's not about me anymore. That didn't work as well as I was hoping. It's not about me anymore. It's about you, Jesus. Here's my life. It's not mine anymore. It belongs to you now. Now, do you see why it costs everything? Because you have to give up your whole life. But it's not about earning it. It's just that to accept this gift, you've got to let go of what you are currently holding on to. You've got to let go of living for yourself. It's like if I wanted to give you a big Macca's family dinner box, but you're holding like a stack of smelly rotten fish. To accept this gift, you're going to have to let go of what you're holding. It's going to cost you everything. But you're not paying for it. You're not earning it. You just have to let go. Now, you might be thinking, why would I want to give my life to Jesus? I want to hold on to my life. I like my life. Well, listen to Jesus' words tonight because they're very wise. Look at it there in verse 24. Whoever wants to save his life, hold on to it, keep it for themselves, will lose it. If you try to save your life to hold on to it, you'll lose it because you're saying no to Jesus the Savior. And so you miss out on heaven forever. If you try to save your life, you'll lose it forever. But whoever loses his life, verse 24, whoever loses his life for me and does what looks dumb now will save it. So you give up your life for these few short years on earth, but you get eternity in heaven forever with Jesus, better than anything this world has to offer. What's holding you back? Is that thing worth missing out on heaven for? Listen to Jesus' words tonight in verse 25. What good is it for a man or woman to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit his very self? See, you could get everything this world has to offer. But if you miss out on Jesus, you miss out on heaven forever. You forfeit your very self. What good is that? Tonight, Jesus is saying to you this. I'm the king. I'm the savior you need. I came to save you from hell, to give you life in heaven forever for free. And he's calling you to join his movement. Decide tonight. I want to put Jesus in the proper place in my life tonight. I want to trust him as my savior. And I want to turn and live with him as my king. I'm prepared for it to cost me everything. And I'm so thankful that actually it costs me nothing. Now, what are you saying no to him for? What's holding you back? Is it worth missing out on heaven for that? Don't say no to Jesus. Join his movement tonight. And if you join, you just found out the key to being forgiven by God and going to heaven just by making Jesus your king and savior. And so it's time for you to get on his movement. You've heard this incredible news. And it's time to spread it. I've been praying that a movement starts tonight, a Jesus movement, who actually joins the one that's already happening, a movement of people who are living for the King, unashamed, stoked that He saved them, amazed at His love 
for them. A movement that spreads to the end of the earth with this news that Jesus is the King and the Savior. Turn and trust in Him. Join that movement tonight. Say to Jesus right now, I'm ready to give you my life. Please be my Savior. Thank you for taking my punishment. I'm trusting you to take me to heaven. Please be my King. I'm ready to deny myself, take up my cross and follow you with everything I have for the rest of my life. I'm going to pray. If that's what you want to pray, you might want to pray along with me. Thank you, Father God, for your love, that you would send a Savior and a King to save us from the punishment we earned we deserve. Father God, thank you that that gift, forgiveness and eternal life cost nothing. Father, I pray, please, that tonight people would join your movement. Right now, people would say in their hearts, Jesus, I want to trust you as my Savior. And I'm ready to follow you as my King. Please save me. Please help me to do that for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.